When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. So joining us on the podcast today, mum to two, she also has a four and a three-year-old, so she understands the joy and the pain. Uh, Founder of Postpartum Plan, a holistic online plan to support you through the whole journey uh, into motherhood. Please welcome the wonderful Meg, who's going to be here to answer all of your questions on postpartum recovery. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. What a treat. Yeah. And just before we get into the questions, do you want to just give our listeners sort of like a brief overview of the service that you offer? Yeah, definitely. So postpartum plan was born in lockdown. um, When I was just thinking about all those women out there who literally had no one um, looking after them. And so postpartum plan was launched in May. And it is a holistic program, um, an online resource, if you will. And it's like a virtual village of all the experts that I believe that new mums or new parents should have access to. So I've pulled together all these experts put them all in one place um, and it's people like a woman's health physio, a doula, nutritionist, um, yoga and breath work, Pilates, um, emotional health therapist, uh, me as a reflexologist, uh, GP and more and what you get access to is a dashboard full of videos, podcasts, um, recipes, FAQ documents So you don't have to do that manic 2am Google um, and go down that Google rabbit hole, which I see some of (laughs) you, I'm sure that we, you know, we all did that. Yeah. That's why Um, (laughs) we started Made by Mamas actually, Meg. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did it and I definitely, you know, had a brain tumor at some point and my child, you know, had something awful as well. And it's so not true. And I just think that as mothers, we're really vulnerable and shouldn't be in those spaces. So it's bringing together all the knowledge and the expertise that I think we should have access to. And I love the NHS a bit, but the NHS just doesn't have the capacity to care for new mothers in their emotional and physical recovery. Um, And then you also get ongoing support. So we do weekly live sessions and that is with our support team or with guest experts. So I've had loads of people actually contact me say, "I I want to be part of postpartum plans. So we've had experts in diastasis recti. We've had experts in um, mother, um, maternal burnout we've had nutritionists we've had loads of people sign up so you get a weekly live which is also recorded so if you miss it it doesn't matter you can hear it again in our newsletter you get a community facebook group 
And you also get sent a toolbox, which is just full of stuff for the mother. You know, we all just get given clothes for the baby and we're there bleeding and leaking and in a bit of a kind of crazy mess post-birth. And actually this toolbox is just for a mother's emotional and physical recovery. So it has things like a massage ball, Pilates ball, a book by our physio, which is all about your recovery postpartum, um, the recipe cards and loads of other stuff from brands. So essentially I've created something that is just for the parents, not for the baby. Oh, I love that so much because yeah. there is a, there is a sense of, um, you know, you give birth. Some people have amazing birthing experiences. Other people, um, you know, fairly traumatic experiences. Some people down the middle. But then when you leave the hospital, we're all in the same boat, really. And that is, well, go on then. There's your baby or babies. Um, you have to go off and look after them now. And that, for me, was when the, the problem started to unravel slightly in terms of having that aftercare. I didn't know what I was doing. Dozer had gone back to work. You know, Georgia was in the same boat with James going back to training you know and we were kind of solo creatures I said to you when we had our phone chat that if we hadn't had each other for soulmates for real like real support I don't think I would have got through it you know um I think that's a lot of mother's reality yeah and so here's the thing so um way back when when we lived in caves or wherever it was is that we gave birth and our primal brain is still the same as it was way back then when we lived in caves when you give birth, your brain changes. So the areas of anxiety and empathy fire up and it does that to keep our babies alive, right? Because then you're, all your energy is given to that baby and that baby's survival. What happened then though, is you lived in a village of people who cared for you. So when they say sleep when the baby sleeps, the reason why you can't sleep when the baby sleeps is because you're on your own in your home and your brain is going, your baby's in danger. There's a threat, you can't sleep. Whereas when you had a village someone else was looking after the baby so you could rest and recover. And our brain hasn't changed. You know, we are still those primal beings. It's just the fact that our society around us has changed, which means we don't have our mothers next door. You know, it makes me a bit emotional thinking about it. A lot of people don't have their mothers. Some people don't have partners. Or like both of you, your partners went straight back to work and you're left in a home on your own with a baby. And that is unnatural biologically. And that is, it causes emotional and physical um, issues for a mother. And my issue is that I believe that our society doesn't support a mother. Um, you know, we've had the Olympics recently, we had the Euros recently, and there was a footballer who was injured and um, they, you know, they went on a Zoom to him and he was in Spain at a rehab centre. And I was like, that's lovely, but where is the rehab centre for the mother? Like, where is that rehabilitation, rehabilitation centre that we all go to after we give birth to really help us recover emotionally and physically for the lifetime of parenthood that's in front of us? It's so true. At one point, I think I said to you, George, at the beginning, I was like, how can I check myself into a hospital where I'm just going to be kept... <laughs> Do you oh remember God, me saying that to you? I remember you going, I'd quite like to get like a low level illness. Yes. You know, like one that would require me to be hospitalised. But, you know, I'm not actually that sick. I remember you saying that to I me. I say it to you all the time. I think I've said it for the last five years. Like, when's someone just going to take me away for, you know, just three or four weeks and just care and look after me? So you're absolutely right. That was instinctively what I felt like I needed. Right. And in South Korea, they do have that. They have hotels that women go to. You know, in China, they have your first 40 days where you yeah, rest for those 40 days. Yeah, stay at home. Exactly. In France, you have a six-week pelvic floor all done on, you know, on the, the yeah. government um, 
government purse, you have a pelvic floor examination. People go and do an internal on you. And here you have to pay for those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And obviously you have to pay for postpartum plan. But what I've tried to do is bring together all the experts in one place in a, I believe, an affordable way so that you're not spending £150 on one thing and £250 on another. And it's actually all compact into one place for ongoing support because it takes a village to raise a baby and it takes a village to raise a mother. And that's basically what I'm what I'm trying to do. Should we? A great chat. Yeah, let's get into the questions because there's been so many. You kick us off, G. Um, so actually, I might as well kick us off with kind of a lot of questions grouped together because there's so many people writing in saying, you know, they're having their second C-section or third C-section, but they've got a toddler. Um, and, you know, what's the advice? You know, they, they need to rest. But how do you do that when you've got a toddler around? So I remember when I had my second, and I don't know whether... Zoe, you had the same, but the the first time I cried was my guilt towards my first because I just truly believed that my first wouldn't love me anymore. Mm. And I think it's just uh, something just to be aware of that your guilt towards your first is a real thing. And that is a very normal. Um, What I would say is that with C-section, it is very crucial that you rest. One of the videos that we do in recovery with our physio is a specific abdominal birth recovery video where it talks through exactly what happens to your body when you have a C-section. And it is amazing how many layers of skin they go down through and the muscles and and all of that, just so you understand actually how important it is to rest. Yeah. you do have to rest. It's a simple answer that you you have to rest as much as possible. You know, I I didn't have a C-section, but I've had abdominal surgery and it is incredibly difficult to get up. And it's very important that you try and really heal the body. What I would say is that even a 20 month old can understand what is going on and even just explaining what is going on with your body. There are some amazing videos about C-sections that are tailored to children that if you play right. them on YouTube, um, that they actually see what's happened to your body, then they can try and understand it. And the other thing is kids love a job. So saying to them, oh, can you just go get mummy's bottle of water? Or, oh, I'm going to time you. Can you go and get the nappies? Can be really helpful. Um, but um, yeah, unfortunately, my answer is in the question, which is you just need to rest. Yeah. And that might come down to organizing, you know, if your partner, you know, firstly, if you're doing it on your own, you know, one thing, if you, you know, if your partner's not around or go back to work or whatever it is, is to like bring in that village to try and bring somebody just asking for help. You know, I think instinctively as, as mums and as women, we kind of just feel we have to do everything by ourselves. And as you said, society doesn't um, encourage that anymore where we might give our cousin a call or, you know, our best mate or whoever yeah. it is to be like, look, can you just come around and take the, take, take my toddler out for three hours so I can sleep? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And actually one of the foundation um, podcasts that we do with our do Latando, it's all about creating your own postpartum plan. And one of the sections of the workbook is who is your support network yeah. and what are they good for? So Zoe, you might have said, right, Georgia will be amazing to bring me a meal or bring me a coffee or whatever she it may be. Yeah. She's amazing at doing that. She Don't doesn't do it enough, actually. Don't ask me to look actually. after your kids, no. but I will bring you a meal. <laughs> <laughs> so knowing who your support network is is really important so that you can call on them. And one thing that we say is there is no shame in asking for help. Yeah. I yeah. didn't. I didn't and I struggled. So I'm, if anything, I'm just trying to teach that to, to women out there that it's important to ask for help. You know, we've spent all our lives putting in our community pot 
And now more than ever is the time to take out. Take it out. So almost like creating a plan, like I would for the summer holidays. Someone told me to do a spreadsheet where you put in each day what's going on. You could do that for your toddler, couldn't you? I mean, not a spreadsheet. I haven't done that, but roughly like... A pie chart. Yeah, some kind of yeah. chart. You know, <laughs> well, we actually, that's something that we do in our workbook as well, is that we say, right, who, how, can you sit down together with your partner or your friends and family and your toddler and say, right in a couple of weeks time the baby's coming what task would you like to have what would yes. you like to lead on um and then give the toddler that responsibility yeah yeah nice. great okay um this one how long after birth do we need to keep doing pelvic floor exercising is this forever i still do it and i'm three months postpartum uh three months <laughs> three years <laughs> postpartum um i still do them um, I had very bad diastases, like split abdominals. I think it's really important and an ongoing thing to do. What I would say is it's the quality of the pelvic, um, of the pelvic floor exercise, not the quantity. So there's a lot of misinformation about out there about the type of pelvic floor exercise you should do. For example, people say practice on the loo. You should never do it while you're passing Yeah, how in your way, yeah. Um, so it's the quality of the pelvic floor exercises that you're doing that's important. But yeah, for me, it's it just become a regular thing. But that's because I didn't do it mm. when I was pregnant so, with my first and I suffered for it. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's Absolutely. kind of just like any exercising any other muscle to the person that sent that message, you know, do you do exercises, you know, do you do your own exercise three or four times a week, once a week, twice a week, whatever it is, that becomes part of your habitual routine. And that's the same for pelvic floor, you just have to get used to it whilst you're brushing your teeth, I think quite a good idea. Yeah, so I, that's where I like do it. same sort of time every day. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> This will be very helpful. I'm due my second baby next week. Any specific vitamins for mum to aid recovery? That's a really interesting question. So um, there's been a lot of good discussion about whether people should carry on their prenatal vitamins postpartum. And, uh, you know, the answer is yes. If it's a good prenatal, then do it again. I would say it's the it's the quality of the of the vitamin rather than the quantity of it. So, for example, as a reflexologist, when I would go and see postpartum women and they had constipation, one of the first questions I'd ask, well, what vitamin are you on? Because without naming names, there are some out there that can cause constipation because they've got so many fillers. So the best thing you can do is look for the natural um, food-based supplements. And the ones that our nutritionists recommend are ones from Viridian or Wild Nutrition. And they are the ones that are food-based so they're much more natural so they've got the more uh, natural form of folic acid for example and is there a natural laxative that we can take to help loosen up our stools after we give birth slash three and a half years later (laughs) um my god that first poo postpartum right it is I still I still think about it sometimes um so prunes are really good uh, and just loads, you just need to drink so much water postpartum, especially if you're breastfeeding. So having a bottle of water or a glass of water in every single room is important and making sure you're getting enough fiber. So in our postpartum toolbox, we have one of the gut stuff, good vibration bars in there. And that has like 30 grams of fiber for your day. So that would be a really good one Perfect. to start with. Stay away from eggs. Eggs just <laughs> bind you up. Even though, I mean, George used to eat a, an egg a day and I always just I look at it. I still do. Go, I eat two. Oh, you're not I bonged two, up. You... I eat two eggs every single day and I don't have any problems. So since I've started doing this new show at work, we get we get like fancy breakfast brought to us and I've had a poached egg every day for like a month. I think I've pooed twice. It's a bloody nightmare. <laughs> I don't want to see another egg. 
<laughs> no eggs. No eggs. This is an interesting one. How to put your recovery first before worrying about body image? I know you shouldn't. Well, I love this question because um, this is a big part of postpartum plan for me. Um, and actually reason why one of our pillars is called movement and not exercise. Because I think as a society, we have quite a distorted view about movement and exercise. Um, and a lot of what we do in our movement pillar is all about connecting back to your body because it can feel quite alien post-birth. Um, and it's just really important to, without sounding very American, is to love your body. You know, you have birthed a being and you've probably spent the last nine months stroking your belly and loving your body. And then as soon as the baby comes, then suddenly we don't stroke our bellies anymore and we don't really give it the intention that we deserve. So I guess in short, I, I relate and I think we all relate to that. It's very easy to turn inwards after you've had a baby and obsess about your body. But I think it's also really important just to understand the glory of a postpartum body. You know, you have birthed a baby in however form it is. You are potentially producing milk for that body, but, uh, for that baby, but you are keeping a child alive and your organs have moved. Um, and it is just about recovery and being gentle on yourself and that's kind of the main the main thing yeah. I want to say about that. I don't think I ever really took on board the like and I don't use this word lightly but the horror that I felt actually makes me feel quite emotional thinking about looking at myself in the mirror the first time after giving birth to Luna. Like nobody has these conversations around how you're supposed to feel, you know, and when you're pregnant, you know, you, you love and nurture the bump and stroke your belly. And then the minute the baby's out of you, you look at yourself and you're like, who am I now? What yeah. am I? What is this body? Everything is sore. I can't move properly. I'm in pain. I'm bleeding. It was horrendous for me. George, did you feel yeah, any of I was that? Gonna, yeah, I was going to say, I think after I had Axel, I was actually quite positive and I was, I was like sort of, you know, getting, looking at my body and stuff. And I remember sending a photo to a friend almost just to be like, oh my, she didn't have children, but almost to be like, oh my God, look, this is, this is what your belly looks like after. I didn't realise this. And I actually felt okay about it because it was just like a small bump. Like I, it was, you know, I kind of was, I guess I was sort of expecting to have a bit of a bump mm. still. And I remember her being like, oh my God, you still look pregnant. Oh, great. And, then, uh, and I went from feeling okay and like, oh, this is going to go, yeah. you know, in a few weeks' time, quite optimistic, to, oh, oh God. Yeah. And I remember like, big, every, like my mindset completely changed, but it was just mm. one small comment. And I, yeah. and I was thinking about that. I, I imagine like so many women, maybe if they popped out by themselves, even to the corner shop or something after they've had a baby without their newborn and someone asking them, oh, how far gone are you? And actually they've just had the baby. And, and I didn't think of that. Yeah. So I had, I had very similar to you that so I, for my second, very quick birth, um, home by 10 p.m. that evening and came back in and our very, very well-meaning but younger um, nanny was looking after Jude and she turned around to me and I'm holding this newborn. She must have been, what, like three hours old and she just went, "Are you? when does the bump go? And I was like, oh. welcome to the world, baby Georgia. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so this is why our emotional recovery is so important, because I do believe as women, we have just been fed 
so much BS about what our bodies are supposed to look like and what we are supposed to look like um, that it is very, very hard to rebel against the societal narrative. What is really good is that gone are the days when celebrities post their postpartum bounce back and actually a lot of celebrities like Kimberly Walsh recently has posted her postpartum body the reality of it and I've seen a lot more of that and I'm really thankful of that 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 we are showing the reality of what a postpartum body can look like but yeah I think this is why the emotional recovery side to me is so important and we have an emotional health therapist on postpartum plan because there is so much that goes on in our mind postpartum Uh, be it our body or you know intrusive thoughts we'll be right back after this short break there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. A year on and still not feeling back to my old self. Is that normal? Wow, that's a big question. Um, So I hear that and I feel it because it does take time. I don't know how long it took you, but I think I'd question the back to normal because you are rebirthed as a new person when you have a baby. uh, For me anyway, I don't know how you both felt. I changed completely after I had a baby. Um, mentally and physically, my hips aren't the same (laughs) anymore. Um, And emotionally as well. I think, however, if this person is feeling low, if she's feeling, if she has intrusive thoughts, if she's having negative thoughts towards her baby or her family, she needs to seek medical advice about that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there is a lot to be said. Our nutritionist says that it actually takes three months um, or uh, from three to six months for nutritional depletion to kick in. So all the nutrients that were taken from you in pregnancy and birth, because our babies suck everything out of us, it can take uh, up to six months for that depletion to kind of kick in. So also thinking about her nutrition um, and um, just having a look at what's going on in the world. But yeah, I definitely say to seek uh, medical advice on that one. Yeah, I was going to say as well, that year mark, I think we spoke to Louise Rowe about it on the podcast a while back. And sometimes it's almost that year mark 
that you realize you don't feel quite right because you've spent that first year kind of just surviving you know you might be off work you've you know just basically just everyone's been focusing on your baby everyone who you speak to is asking about the baby and then almost they get to a year and you're kind of meant to have everything together by then it's a weird Mm. like Mm. you should you be going back to work should you you know everything should have fallen into place and quite often that's just not the case so I do think that year mark it kind of can mark the realization that things are not right okay yeah Yeah. people start asking if you're gonna have another one yeah (laughs) maybe he's only a year old don't ever ask me that (laughs) (laughs) yes or if you're going back to work um so we've launched postpartum corporate so we're gonna so offering companies the opportunity to gift postpartum plans to their employees because oh, I've also, good. well, I've just noticed a massive thing and from my personal experience and others that your postpartum period can shape not only those first six weeks, but six months and even a year. And things like chronic pain, postnatal depression can affect your return to work. Yeah. You know, um, diastases, um, shoulder pain, et cetera, can affect you sitting at a desk or whatever job you may do. Um, right. So it's ever more important, actually, just to think about your emotional recovery and Sometimes I'd say to people, I've got people on the plan who are six months postpartum who have just said, I need to go back to square one. Right. And I actually need to go back and, and heal from the inside out. So uh, what you were just saying before, Georgia, about I heard a lot of shoulds and coulds. And again, that's the societal narrative, isn't it? Yes. Oh, but it's one year on. So you should be going back to work or you should be thinking about having another baby. And it is a real act of rebelli- rebellion to go against what the societal narrative yeah. is saying. I can't afford a a PT, but want to know if my stomach muscles are okay to exercise at six weeks post. Great question. So your GP should do an examination on you. And that was quite groundbreaking to me to find out when we had our podcast with our GP talking about what you are owed or entitled to in your six week check. So you can ask for an internal or an external check at your six week check. By the GP? By the wow, GP. Great. Ah, I didn't know that because when I went for mine and when George went for hers, they just went, oh, yeah, six weeks. You can go now. We're like, well, you I didn't, really I didn't get even anything. looked at. I don't no. think they even looked at my, like, my tummy or anything. I just looked at my face. No. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, are you okay? And that's just such a loaded question. Do I look okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they don't spend. So our, our GP, my goodness, I wish that she was everyone's GP. So it, it, she says that you're supposed to spend half an hour to an hour on that six-week check. And half of that time is dedicated to baby and half of that time is dedicated to the mother. And there are certain questions like the one that we all laugh about, which is about contraception, which she always says to her um, patients, I have to ask this because it's tick box and otherwise I don't get paid. So there are certain questions that GPs have to ask because GP, that six-week check has become tick box because of the disparity of the amazing GPs versus the ones who possibly just didn't know to ask the questions. So it's now been quite generalized. But she asks the tick box questions and then she says, right, what do you want to know? Like, is there anything that you want to find out? Now, if your GP isn't like that, first of all, you're entitled to ask for another GP. And second of all, you can actually go in and say, right, I know that you're going to ask about contraception. I'm not going to have sex for a while, so don't worry about it. Um, You know, I've answered all your questions. I need you to check my stomach muscles. And you're allowed to ask that. Okay. Okay. 
Fine. That's really good to know, actually. I mean, I wish I'd known that because yeah. <laughs> I had the same as you. It was the kind of like, so how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Um, and that was it. And it was all wound up in the um, vaccination. So it just felt a bit rushed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't remember any of the... I mean, I, I kind of remember being asked about contraception, but that's probably the only question that was anything to do with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have any recommendations? I like this one because I've got loads. For hair loss after having a baby. Thank you. It's from Amy. Yes, I do. Give me a second because I just need to... Um, I wrote all this stuff down. Whilst you whilst you say that, Amy, um, I have been taking collagen. Um, I use Jenny Faulkner's brand called Collo, which has got 10 milligrams of collagen in it. That's made a real difference to my hair and skin. Um, and also, me and Georgia are massive fans of JS Health. Yeah, um, I was going to say. Um, mm. Obviously, um, uh, Meg's going to have some different ones, which are probably slightly more holistic. But um, <laughs> those are the ones that we've been using. So now we'll hear which ones we should have been using. <laughs> no, I mean, anything goes. And collagen is also brilliant. Um I mean, hair loss is normal and it depends how much hair has been lost and for how long, you know, we, we all do lose our hair at the, at the beginning, um, just after we've given birth because we, you know, when you're pregnant, you have that really luscious hair because it, it you know, it doesn't fall out. So it is normal, but you can, um, check whether there's biotin in your supplements. So biotin is really important and can really help with, um, hair growth, um, and biotin is is kind of a B7 vitamin. So also thinking about your B7 vitamins as well is really important. But, you know, yeah. all the stuff that you said as well from personal experience, I think is great recommendations too. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. those JS Health vitamins, oh, we did work with them, but we only worked with them because you'd been using them, hadn't you, Zoe? And I started using them again, I want to say like six weeks ago, and I've really noticed a difference. Like You're taking properly, them every day? Properly, yeah, pro- yeah, twice a day. I take one like in the morning with breakfast and then one maybe like, a bit later on in the afternoon and I have really noticed it and I'll be honest with you I haven't since starting the new role haven't taken in them for five weeks now and I'm back wearing my clippings as a result that, of it that's mad isn't it mm-hmm. but yeah they are they're definitely worth a go and they're not mega expensive either so a good option Georgia you I am lusting after your hair so I, know, I think right? I might have to try this out <laughs> <laughs> thank you um pros and cons of placenta encapsulation for those early weeks right so Georgia I think you did placenta encapsulation didn't you yeah I did and I know there's no like proven like medical reason why it works and I know I I totally know that but if I compared my first my recovery first time round with my second time round it was completely different um I didn't have that like third day I, I didn't have the rush of hormones at all the second time around. Like it was noticeable that it didn't happen, especially because we'd had this podcast and we'd spoken about it so much. Yeah, I was almost waiting for it. Didn't happen. And I definitely, I actually had a placenta smoothie straight after birth. Um, and I felt energized, I guess. that's right. the, I didn't feel tired. That They were the two things that I noticed. So I had very similar to you. So I didn't do the placenta encapsulation with my first and mm. I did it with my second. And I loved my first, you know, X amount of weeks postpartum with my baby Georgia. Um, but I can't say for sure whether that was the placenta pills or whether mm. that was mindset or whether it was placebo. There's not enough research done. Um, so all I can go by is my own personal experience. And I, I really liked 
the placenta encapsulation. And I think it's just down to whether you want it or not. You know, if this girl's asking, if you if you're interested, then go for it. Mm. It can't do any harm, can it? Okay, I don't know. I mean, fine. Yeah. Well, I I say that actually, you. you have to make sure it's done by a professional, right? Like if it's not been put in the fridge for long enough or if the delivery, you you know, taking the carrying for the placenta from the hospital to wherever that person's going, you have to pay, like you have to go for someone who is professional. So what, yeah. Where do they, like, hold on a minute. (laughs) Where, where, who does it and where? Someone came to the hospital. What, so when, so I had to have an injection to get my placenta out because some of it was still attached you know when they have to give you the injection? Yeah, some I think of it's still... I feel I feel like I, I don't know. I think and I then that. what? So that person then comes to the delivery suite or the ward so, or wherever you've given birth, and then what scrapes it up and puts it in like an ice box and takes it off somewhere? Like how does that work? Do you know? So George? what happened? What this? I remember what happened because. Gigi was really quick and we didn't have the cool bag from the car. So they sent me a cool bag with like all this stuff inside it, and we had to put the ice pack inside the cool bag right so James ran to go and get that when he knew that it was Gigi was arriving like any minute and then as soon as the placenta kept like came out the midwife put it in this box I guess they're quite used to it they kind of know what happens and he James messaged the lady and she came to the hospital and she took took it off and prepared the smoothie and then took the rest of it home and I don't know or to the lab or wherever it goes she and made it, it into <laughs> to wherever she took it home she was due <laughs> to go to the fridge. lab but she needed to go back <laughs> yeah. home first for a bit she had some for breakfast oh, the next wow. day um, wow. and then I don't know however many weeks later or days later the capsules arrived yeah and so with me it was my doula so you can get doulas who are placenta specialists Mm -hmm. so she was there at the birth so I know less than you Georgia because Tando just sorted everything for us so she took it away put it into pills um and then brought them back three days later three days incredible so Mm -hmm. all I would say is it's an interesting one my husband didn't tell anyone like he was freaked out by the whole thing so didn't tell anyone we were doing it. And then I think was in the pub one day and was like, mate, I've just got to tell you something really freaking weird that my wife's done. <laughs> um, so again, society and boundaries yeah. and just making sure that if people judge you about it, you decide whether you want to tell people or not. Um, but yeah, it's your choice. Whatever whatever you do to make your postpartum feel like it's that you're doing something wonderful for yourself, then go for it. But just make yeah. sure that you get a specialist. Yeah, love Agreed. that. Um, this is from Helen. What would your top three priorities for postpartum recovery be? Great question. Um, so my first one would be ask for help, uh, which sounds really simple. But as women, I think we are taught that we can have it all, do it all. Um, and that is physically impossible. Um, and asking for help is okay. So uh, one of the things that we recommend is just having a little jar at your front door. So any visitors that come, they pick out something from the jar and it's just a request. So it's like, can you change my bed sheets, please? Can you unload the dishwasher, please? Um, Can you take my toddler for a walk? Whatever it is. So if you feel too embarrassed to ask directly, then you just have that jar and that's there. You'd be surprised how many people just want to help. The second one, um, and again, this all goes down to society, is that don't see birth as the end goal. Um, You have a lifetime of parenthood ahead of you. And I think that, you know, NCT has its place. And I think NCT is great for certain things. But I certainly was trained in NCT to believe that birth was the end. Like, oh, we're just training up to birth. Um, 
and then that's it. And no one tells you about the weeks and the months and the years ahead as all three of us here together, you know, with four or five-year-olds know. There is so much thrown at you as a parent that you need to think actually about parenthood rather than birth. And then the third one is invest in your emotional recovery as much as your physical. You know, when I started postpartum plan, I put postpartum into Google search and all the things that came up were postpartum fitness, postpartum belly, postpartum bounce back, um, everything to do with our body and the physical. And there was nothing really to do with postpartum emotional health. The only really things were postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, etc. So actually investing in your emotional recovery and knowing that your brain changes, knowing that you'll have intrusive thoughts, and that's completely normal. Um, but making sure that you have that support network around you. I find it really interesting that we talk about our baby's poo all the time with friends, but won't actually say, oh, do you know what? Last night I had this really horrible thought that my baby died. Because I did have that thought when I when my baby was first born. Like I went through all the horrible ways that he would die and how I could save him. But I didn't tell anyone because I thought that, that was me failing as a mother. So making sure you have yes. someone like a really lovely friend like you two have that you can share those things with, um, I think is really important. Oh my God, that th- that, that, that's so amazing to hear you say that. It's such a breath of fresh air because I read something the other day and I definitely went through this, that um, it was a post on Instagram. Uh, somebody was writing saying, here I am standing by my top um, bedroom window holding my baby. And the first thought that came into my head was, I'm going to throw my baby out of the window. And it was like really shocking to read. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was like, how many times do those really weird, dark thoughts dart into our brain, but we never share them with anybody because they're terrifying to say out loud. And also they are, they're shameful because then people go, oh God, what, are you going to check your baby out the window? It's like, no, of course not. But it's, it's weird the way they yeah. come in and come out. Yeah, and the reason why she had that thought is because our brain, our primal brain has gone, I'm going to make you think this thought so you don't do it. Because that's why I sat there going, okay, so if I was on an airplane and the plane crashed, how would I make sure that my my son survived? It's because our brain is going through every single scenario to make sure that we keep our baby safe. It is normal. We've got a, a podcast on postpartum plan with our emotional health therapist, which is what is normal postpartum. And a lot of it is about intrusive thoughts. Wow. But we speak about we speak about at the beginning exactly this. We don't talk about it with people because we're scared that people think we're bad parents. Actually, your vulnerability is amazing because as soon as you say it, like I just did, Zoe was like, oh my God, and I know I know a story too. But we, yeah, there's this perfection thing, which I think we need to break down. Well, well that is our mission. That is what we're going to do. Absolutely. Um, George, um, we've been chatting for like 40 minutes. Do you want to finish we off? We have. I was going to literally just say, let's finish up on this. And it's not really a, it's not really a question, but it's just a, a nice statement. Does it have to be hard? Feeling better than when I was pregnant, but repeatedly warned. So annoying. I love that. <laughs> and I salute you and applaud you for feeling so brilliant. So I don't know how many weeks postpartum this woman is. Um, obviously, all the oxytocin flooding into you can make you feel absolutely amazing. What I would do or what I would recommend to this person is that if she's feeling great now, just remember that when the adrenaline wears out um, three months down the line, when your nutritional depletion kicks in three to six months down the line, that might be the time that you start to feel a little bit rubbish. So if you're feeling good now and you've got good energy, invest in your nutrition and invest in your self-care and you will have 
you will have laid that kind of emotional and physical foundation for the lifetime of parenthood, which is kind of our our mission statement. Amazing. Oh, Meg. Oh, love that. Officially <laughs> one of the favouritest, favouritest, that's not a word, most favourite guests. It can be it today. It can be today. Our favouritest <laughs> guests. Um, oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. You're such a wise person and so insightful into how I think we're all feeling. So thank you so much for sharing and thanks for going through the questions. I think people are going to take lots from this. Thanks, Meg. <laughs> oh, I hope so. And I just want to say to that, like, you know, I might sound wise, but a lot of it comes from learning, number one, and number two, from I have experienced a lot of yeah. it. So I have learned from my own mistakes. So, um, you know, I just want to impart that onto others that I'm not coming here from a place of I know everything. You know, we're, we're all here to learn. But that's the beauty of being a mother is being around other mothers who also want to help others. And I think that's a that's a beautiful thing. So I really love what you're doing as well. Thanks, Meg. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Well, I wish Meg had been around four or five five years ago. (laughs) I know. It would have been a case of swapping you out for Meg, but after chatting to her, I think... Right. Oh, well, I'm glad she wasn't around then. (laughs) No, mate, I wouldn't swap you for the world. But what what a brilliant woman and definitely talks our language. I just, I really loved that she was looking at it from like the five pillars as well, that it wasn't this whole like bullshit bounce back thing and, you know, the postpartum body and all this stuff. It's like how we feel mentally and... You know, yeah, emotionally. it's like everything mm. to do with the parents' recovery. And I think, yeah, that's that's kind of how we need to look at it, isn't it? It's not just one dimensional, like as in physical recovery, it's mental recovery. It's, you know, pulling in everyone around you. It, it's, it's everything. Um, and if you, if you are interested in using postpartum plan, Meg kindly gave us a 10% off code for listeners. And it's just made by Mamas 10. Just nip on the website and use that code and you can get a nice discount there you go a massive thank you to Meg for coming on it was an absolute treat Uh, and thank you to you guys for sending in all of your questions because really these Friday episodes wouldn't happen without you so we love you lots Um, as always we would love you to rate, review, subscribe and follow the podcast and me and George love seeing your photos of where you're listening we do and thank you for the suggestions that you've been sending over we read every single one of them and do our research into finding an expert so keep them coming just drop us a DM at Made by Mummers or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman and we'll be back on Tuesday. Made by Mummers is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the wonderful Imogen Hart. Insanity Group. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.